It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. This is Shane Harrison with Access Atlanta, and this week I'm here with Bria Felicien, who works with our Politically Georgia podcast, but she's brought us something a little different. It's not politics this time. Um, Welcome, Bria. Thank you for having me. So tell me what you got this week. So I have everything you need to know about the WBA Atlanta Dreams 2018 season and just like a pitch for why you should go and watch them finish out their season. Uh, cool. So the the season has been going on a while now, right? Mm-hmm. Their first game was at the end of May, and I went to my first game May 29th. And their last home game is like August 11th. They still, we're kind of toward the end, but they're, they're probably going to make it to the playoffs anyway. So, Well, that's great. That's great. So, yeah, that, I was going to say, it's like, how are they doing this season? We have to rewind to last season where they did not do well. Right. And there there was a, there were a lot of reasons. This year they have a new coach, star of their team, their number one draft pick in 2009. She took last season off because she's been playing year-round uh, overseas because you get paid way more there. Sure. But also in the WBA. So she's been doing that since she graduated college in right. 2009. So she was like – you know, I need a break. So she <laughs> she's back. Three of the Dream players have been named Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So there's wow. just like so many interesting things. But yeah, um, right now, um, as of this recording, they are on a five-game winning streak. So their last game, they the Tiffany Hayes, who's their leading scorer, um, she hit a half-court shot wow. buzzer beater to continue their winning streak. So it's a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff. A lot of interesting stuff happening right now. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's fascinating that, that I think the, the dream is just part of um, this expanding sports landscape in Atlanta now. You know, it used to be, you know, it was men's basketball, men's football, men's baseball. That's it. It's like you had those. But but now with the, the success of Atlanta United, with the dream, uh, there seems to be more more uh, and and more diverse sports offerings now you know which i think is great because it brings people who may not have been interested before into it i think that's one of the cool things i've loved women's basketball like my whole life i played and all that stuff but like when you go to games like i don't see people that just look like me or or just my age or like it's just very very cool i mean the wba even has pride night or pride month and each team like has a pride night and we actually went to that game as well and it's just like just so cool and fun and of course it's atlanta so the music is awesome so yeah (laughs) 
Well, that's great. That's I mean, I know that it's like all of the teams are, are offering more entertainment and things like that. It's like ways to to bring more fans in, and it seems to be working, which is great. The story that you brought us, uh, you actually uh, played a little basketball, right? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> I So I played basketball in high school, and I played right. AAU, and I told one of the videographers that, and then he told Angel, you know, she thinks she can beat you. And first of all, I don't <laughs> think that I can beat her. So you think you can play? Check I out. actually don't. Let's see what okay. you got. All right. I'm the, this is my shot. Okay. I'm like backing away from okay. you. Oh, 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 That's it. Come on. I'm like, One more. I'll let you shoot. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, let me give me a layup. Okay. No, you have to, you just throwing it up there. Yeah. Use your balance, take the shot, and mean it. You're not meaning it. This is true. Mean this it. This is true. I meant and it. And there we go. You talked with Angel, who now she is... So she is the... When you think about the Atlanta Dream, she's like the face of it. She was the number one draft pick in 2009. Like, even now, Tiffany Hayes is the leading scorer at, with 17.4 points per game. Angel has 17.0. She's been an all-star for... Uh, many times she actually was just named an all-star for this year for this season as well and um yeah so I talked to her about returning to the team after taking a year off what that adjustment was like but also we also talked about the impact of winning a championship um in Atlanta so you know what my resume is pretty full but there's that one slot missing in my resume WNBA championship Atlanta dream so that is a challenge that I'm trying to accomplish with this team so um, you know, I think we have a team. We're, we're almost there to get that, you know. I just want to win some championships. The city has been waiting for a professional team, and I feel like we're that one. So I talked to her also about being a role model because when I went to that game in May, um, May 29th, against the Minnesota Lynx, um, which also Angel hit the game-winning shot in that game, which was cool. But um, I talked to a 7-year-old, Ivani Williams, who and her mom, they'd been – Ivani's been going to games since she was 2, and – I talked to her a little bit and her mom a little bit about how she started going to games and what's her favorite part of yeah. Dream Games. My favorite thing is to see the cheerleader dance and see Angel McCutchie shoot every ball into the basket. Um, her grandmother and grandfather are uh, Dream Elite members. And when we moved to Atlanta, they're like, oh, come do this. And we bought tickets with them too. And her grandfather passed away about a month ago. And so now, you know, she's like, we got to go to the game because Papa said we got to go to the game. They followed them before Atlanta Dream came. They used to drive to North Carolina and watch a team, the North Carolina team. And then when the Atlanta Dream came to Atlanta, then they uh, started being Dream members. I just heard my parents, we lived in Florida, and they just like, oh, when y'all come home to Atlanta, you know, you got to come to the game with us. And so we've been coming since we moved back. Five years. <laughs> It's been a good year for the Atlanta Dream. During the offseason, the team put together all the pieces necessary for a rebuilding year. The Dream hired a new coach in Nikki Collin and announced the return of its star, Angel McCautry, who signed a multi-year contract after taking 2017 off to rest. Most WNBA players compete year-round during the summer here in the United States and for the rest of the year overseas where the pay is much higher. I went to the team's practice to talk to McCautry about her return in the Dream's 2018 season. 
describe the dream season so far this year? Um, I think we, we're, we're kind of in the middle of the pack. We haven't played um, some games where we wanted to, but we're getting there, you know? This is a fresh month, and I think we're going to be in the top of the pack uh, by the end of the month. On pace for the playoffs? On pace for the playoffs? Absolutely. Even if, if we weren't on pace for the playoffs, I'm going to say we're on pace for the playoffs. <laughs> understood, understood. So you took last season off yeah. to rest after playing year-round here in the WNBA. For and eight overseas. years straight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. Long time. So what has been the biggest adjustment you've had to make since you've been back and the season's been going? Um, you know what? The girls are now a little bit faster than me, a little, you know, um, getting a little older. So I just got to adjust, you know, my IQ of the game a little bit. Just pick my spots, know where I'm more effective. I'm coming back and, you know, just helping the team the way I can. You've already had a career night. Eastern Conference Player of the Week title. Yeah. How does it feel to be back, but also playing at this level? You know what, I missed it. You know, I missed the camaraderie, the sisterhood, um, you know, just being together with a group of girls, traveling and stuff. It's, it's been a lot of fun, you know, and I, I'm definitely glad to be back. Um, you know, I missed it when I was gone, and you know, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's something fun. I remember Charles Barkley told me about a week ago, he said, enjoy it while you can. And um, that's what I plan on doing. So thanks, Chuck, for that advice. <laughs> celebrated Pride Month in June and announced earlier in the season that a select number of ticket sales, the refunds from ticket sales, would go to organizations that support women and girls. Absolutely. What does it mean to you to be a part of a league that has these types of initiatives? Absolutely. Um, I'm glad the league has these type of initiatives. If they didn't, I would fight for them to have some type of initiative, you know. We, it's always good to get back. I know when I do stuff for the kids and camps and stuff with my foundation, the kids light up. I remember when I was a kid, I, I lit up when I seen Cheryl Swoops and different players, Don Staley. I, I just, so I know how they feel, you know. They need that. Um, I'm proud of the league for everything they're doing and all the type of groups they support and communities that they support. And as well as the NBA, you know, they are big brothers. So um, it's, it's been great to be a part of that. So I interviewed, um, for the, the Lynx game, the Lynx home game you had, I interviewed a seven-year-old, Ivani Williams, and she's been coming to Dream Game since she was two. Uh -huh. She told me her favorite part of every game is to watch Angel McCautry shoot the ball, shoot every ball into the basket. Every ball? Yeah. <laughs> How do you view yourself in terms of being a role model, a person that children look up to? You know what? That's the one thing I hate when celebrities, big time celebrities, when they say, oh, I'm not a role model to your child. You are. You're a role model. They look up to you. They're a fan. They want to, they're inspired to be you. They watch your every move. So we are role models. If you're in the public eye, you're a role model. How are you going to carry yourself? I think a great example of that is like Will Smith and Oprah. They're happy and they love to um, inspire people. And that's what I want to be like. I want to be able to inspire these kids, inspire adults, inspire different type of people of all races, religions. And just to make them happy. You know, my ice cream shop, the slogan is a happy place. When we give ice cream, everybody smiles when they're eating. And that's what I want to give back, you know, it's a tough world out here. 
people are hurting, but to put a smile on someone's face, that's what it's all about. Well, cool. If you haven't been to a game, I think maybe it's time. And uh, thanks a lot for being here, Bria. We really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to talk about women's basketball. Let's check out what's happening in Atlanta over the next 10 days. It's hot out there, but it's cool inside the Fox Theater. And it's cool in more ways than one. It's time for the annual Coca-Cola Summer Film Festival at one of the most beautiful theaters in the land. The fest's first night culminates with the 50th anniversary of the 1968 George Romero horror classic, The Night of the Living Dead. That film changed an entire genre, bringing what film critic Pauline Kael called a crude realism to horror and setting these terrifying scenes in everyday American locales. The movie screens at 10 p.m. July 27th, and check out AtlantaZombieWeekend.com for info on the ninth annual zombie pub crawl that happens the very next night, July 28th. For those who need a little lighter entertainment, they'll show Saturday morning cartoons on the big screen at the Fox at 10 a.m. July 28th, and all of the tickets for that are just $5. The Coca-Cola Summer Film Festival will continue through August 25th with screenings of Moana and Grease on the schedule. Get the complete schedule, tickets, and more details at foxtheater.org. She's one of the most inventive and ambitious musicians making popular music today. And Janelle Monet is a pretty good actress, too, appearing most recently in the Oscar-nominated film Hidden Figures. The Atlanta-based musician first gained notice working with OutKast and released her debut album back in 2007. Her latest, Dirty Computer, landed in the top 10 in its first week of release back in April and has enjoyed widespread critical acclaim. Listening to the album, you might detect a definite Prince vibe, especially in the funky, hook-happy Make Me Feel. And Monet has said that Prince had a hand in some of the album's music before his untimely death. Janelle Monet brings her Dirty Computer Tour to the Tabernacle for two nights at 7.30 p.m. August 4th and 5th the regular tickets were $39.50 to $59.50, but those are all gone. You can still go, but it will cost a little more now. Head to tabernacleatl.com for more info. In 2001, Shelby Lynn won a Best New Artist Grammy after 13 years and six albums. She had toiled for years in Nashville before tossing out the traditional twang to record 1999's critically acclaimed I Am Shelby Lynn which found her channeling Dusty Springfield circa Dusty in Memphis. The thrilling Memphis soul of that set looked like a fluke when she released the bland follow-up, Love Shelby, but she bounced back with a series of fine albums, including a more direct tribute to Springfield called Just a Little Lovin'. She's still making great music, including the 2017 collaboration with her sister Allison Moore called Not Dark Yet. Catch Shelby Land at City Winery at 8 p.m. Sunday, July 29th. Those tickets are $32 to $42, and you can get them at citywinery.com Atlanta. It's an old-school rock and roll party when the jukebox musical Smokey Joe's Cafe revisits some of the most popular hits of the 50s and 60s. The Tony-nominated Broadway musical, the latest production from Stage Door Players, brings together songs made famous by Elvis Presley, The Drifters, Peggy Lee, The Coasters, and more, all written by Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. The pair was responsible for Hound Dog, Stand By Me, Under the Boardwalk, and so many more familiar tunes. 
Stage Door Players Smoky Joe Cafe is on stage now through August 5th at the North DeKalb Cultural Arts Center on Chamblee Dunwoody Road in Dunwoody. Tickets are $15 to $33 and you'll find them at stagedoorplayers.net. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.